Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast, your one-stop shop for all Boink and science news from the past week. I am your host, Jay Ringo, joined as always from the dancing Delta from down under. Ah, shoot, Delta. I already said his name again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not exactly dancing at the moment. I think it's a bit too early in the day to start dancing, but hey, we're in quarantine, so <laughs> I think we'll have to start dancing at some point. So this is a participatory podcast, and what does that mean, Delta? It means you can drink tea. Very true. You can drink tea with us here on the Boink Network Discord server every Friday at 4 p.m. EST. You can join the discussions with your mic or through the text chat, and if you say something in the text chat relevant to the conversation, we'll bring it into the recording. You get your thoughts recorded for a podcast, uploaded on the internet. Oh, my God. Woo. That was fun. Today, we are going to be finishing our tribute to SETI at home. It's part four. We're going to be talking more about the community and uh, just sort of general SETI feels, you know? Everyone's got them SETI at home feels. Uh, But before we get into that, we do have some news to go over. Coming out of World Community Grid, also Rosetta at home, uh, and TN Grid and GPU Grid. But before all of that even, the question on everyone's mind is Delta, how is your tea? I was getting worried you were going to leave me. <laughs> never, oh my never. god, this this is a very good tea. I pulled out another satchel, and this one is called Peach Censure, okay? And uh, it contains actual peach bits, like they've cut up some peach and put it in there. Uh, they actually have some mallow flowers and chamomile, except chamomile spelt with C-H instead of just a C. So I'm a little bit suspicious, but it smells really good. It smells really good. It is a very good tea. You should write a letter to the editor uh, expressing your suspicion about their tea. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> not kidding. They actually, spell, they actually spell chamomile with a CH. Is that like an actual spelling or is, is that just a different type of chamomile? Honestly, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, all the all the tea experts will will know. Yeah, there we go. Same really stuff. The okay, it's just saying, different yeah. huh. These herbs, you know, we gotta we gotta take. Well, I don't know. You're from Australia. There's people here from the UK. We all spell things different, like color and color and uh, route and root and, and all, yeah. Don't all say root things. in Australia. <laughs> Has a completely different connotation. Oh, fun times. Oh God, that actually hurts my eyes. That is not how you spell color. Someone spell it C A O L O U R. Oh God, the pain, the pain. <laughs> should, we, should we roll into the bike stuff then? Is that time? I think we should roll into it. Uh, yeah, let's roll. All right, so we're going to touch on Rosetta at home news. Uh, basically COVID news, because there's a couple projects here, and we're going to roll that into a Reddit thread titled, How Can We Spread Awareness? So the COVID news, essentially, uh, is wash your hands, and then Rosetta at home is still crunching uh, COVID work units, meaning that they're basically running protein simulations that are trying to um, determine whether or not there are compounds that currently are known that will stop the virus, the coronavirus, from attaching to your cells. And if we can stop the coronavirus from attaching to your cells, we can keep people from getting sick and eventually the virus will just die off. So that is being done by Rosetta at home again. They have CPU work. It's also being done by a couple other distributed computing projects that are picking up the torch here. There's uh, Folding at Home, which is a great project run out of Stanford that is doing GPU work units on uh, the coronavirus. 
they they recently crossed the exaflop barrier in terms of computation power, which is pretty freaking amazing. That's more computational power than the top seven or some odd number of uh, supercomputers in the world. So that just goes to uh, demonstrate the just the potential of distributed computing. Like this is we haven't even touched the surface still with an exaflop running. That's barely any percent. That's barely a percent of all the computers in the world running on this thing. So we still got some space to grow, right? Yeah, uh, I was going to say um, with Rosetta, if you run Rosetta in your Boink uh, manager, if you go to the right of where you see the um, actual application that's running, it should say COVID on the work units now. So if you want to see if you're actually computing the coronavirus uh, work units, you can just scroll to the right and see if it says COVID. And uh, as for this whole bunch of computational power coming onto the network, there's a lot of projects who are rushing around to expand all their infrastructure. So it is a great time for distributed computing at the moment. Happy days ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too tired to be excited. Oh, oh I'll, I got you. I'll carry it for both of us here. Uh, <laughs> the reason that uh, Delta is bringing up the uh, the COVID work unit titles is that with these distributed computing projects, Folding at Home, Rosetta, or really anything, uh, what what you're doing is you're collecting little packets of data that you then analyze. And the fact of the matter is, there's just a lot of data out there, and not all of it is related to COVID. So, you know, Folding at Home is doing HIV work, I think. Uh, Rosetta at Home is also doing HIV work. Uh, I think they're both doing Alzheimer's work as well. Uh, so when you're doing these protein folding, you might get a COVID unit every once in a while. You might get a different simulation every once in a while, working on another medical problem. So it's not like you should just be here for the COVID. Come in because of the COVID, by all means, but stay for the rest of the science. <laughs> There's a lot going on that we need your computers for. So, uh, yeah, don't worry if you're not getting COVID uh, work units all the time. Ebola. Like Ebola, amen. Our World Community Grid just did a bunch There's of seeker no work. Like what? AIDS. Yes, stop, uh, stop AIDS. We're actually going to be talking about some World Community uh, Community Grid projects that are doing some biomedical work uh, with cancer in a little bit, too. So there's a lot out there. So yes, work on this COVID. It's an immediate problem we have to solve, but there are other issues uh, working. And you know, not to be too much of a, of a, I don't know what the right word is here, but if everyone who is now contributing to COVID work was in these projects before COVID came around, we would probably have a much better foundational understanding of viruses and be able to react, react so much better. So maybe you should stick around even once this thing passes instead of just coming in when there's immediate problem. Be proactive, not reactive. Hey, that's my inspiration for the day. Come for the COVID, <laughs> stay for the aliens. <laughs> Come for <crunch> steady. <laughs> Oh, too soon. It's not even over, but too soon. Uh, But other COVID work is actually starting to be uh, taken on by some other projects. So TN Grid, and I haven't done too much research on this myself. Uh, TN Grid is one of the smaller projects run by an independent uh, uh, person. Basically, you just set up the Boink project because Boink is permissionless and open source. So anyone can start a Boink project. Uh, And I have heard that they are doing COVID work. I don't know specifically what, but I've also heard that GPU Grid is just starting to do COVID work as well. And I think GPU Grid is looking at the ACE2 gene, which is sort of related to COVID on a genetic level. So it's not like trying to find a way to stop the virus uh, immediately, but it's doing that foundational research into how viruses work. Uh, And when we understand how viruses work, next time we have a virus, we can crush it really quick. So very important work. Uh, yeah, if you want a quick clarification on that, GPU grid typically operates at what's called the electron level of 
protein design. So it actually looks at the interactions on a quantum level um, to see quantum what? mechanics, essentially how the proteins interact. So Rosetta and folding at home and other stuff like that may work on the protein level and just doing like relatively sort of accurate protein modeling and docking simulations. GPU grid will do that extra step, an extra level of research and go straight down into the quantum level for sometimes. Not all the times, but that's some of the some of the projects that it's around have done that. Oh, that sounds so cool. We got to dive into that project a little more in the future. Wow. Uh, maybe on one of your project briefs, because speaking of come maybe. to the COVID <laughs> stay for the aliens, if you can't crunch SETI at home because you're listening to this after the end of March when SETI at home stops distributing work units, you can crunch Einstein at home, which is a project Delta just covered in one of his project briefs, which sort of helps with alien research too. So come for the COVID stay for the aliens. It still applies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, our new, that's our new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, moving on from COVID work, I think we'll we'll transition this into that that Reddit thread that I mentioned. Uh, Delta, I think you wanted to talk about this one, but it is titled uh, "How Can We Spread Help Spread Awareness?" Yeah, so um, essentially, someone has said, "Well, now that everyone's coming to distributed computing, how can we get more people to jump on the boink, boink bandwagon?" Because we find that in times like these, there's people that usually come on and find Boink just out of the blue, just because someone said it somewhere or it got posted somewhere or got advertised somewhere. And these people might come on and maybe they'll just crunch it for the COVID work and then they'll just forget about it. Or they might come on, get interested, get really interested and start crunching more stuff. So with this, with this time, it's a great time to come on and be a long-term volunteer. And some people are trying to find ideas to essentially make it more um, uh, active and try and get more people to come here and how we can spread the word um, just through just what we can do as as people without having to be like some corporation investing in advertising or something like that. So uh, if you want, we can uh, just go through the some of the comments here. I know I've made a comment. Um, I was going to try and hop on to my national radio here in Australia to try and talk about some of the volunteer work you can do with Boink uh, and uh, also some other projects like Folding at Home and uh, also Zooniverse as well. I'm a passionate one about Zooniverse.org. Uh, but unfortunately, the lines were full. <laughs> They've been flat chat out at, uh, out at that radio, apparently, because everyone's just worried about, oh, what's the government doing? What's all this doing? So um, I did manage to leave an email. Hopefully, he might. Uh, hopefully, one of the broadcasters might give it a little did bit of mention, a shout. Did you mention that in the email that people can help uh, fix this COVID problem by giving computations to Rosetta? Yep. Uh, well, not Rosetta directly, but just in generally boink and stuff like that, because they're on radio. They don't have a lot of airtime, so you got to keep it short. <laughs> I, I just mentioned yeah, gotcha. that you can you can um, help with the um, research in COVID. Cool. Um, just going through the comments here. Um, Let's see. Uh, there's someone here that set up their account to tweet uh, weekly updates that uh, their team has made. Um, and it looks like World Community Grid has that sort of thing. They allow you to auto-tweet every week, I guess, or every whatever time period you want to post progress updates to your Twitter. That's one, that's one good idea you could probably try. Uh, what else have we got? Someone's saying we should probably make like some sort of game that um, builds Boink into the actual game. I know there was one game, and I swear I've said this like five times on the radio. There's this one game that I remember literally incorporated distributed computing into their game while you played it. And I cannot remember the name of it. It was a space game. It was a real-time strategy. It was something I can't remember, but it is a great idea because when you're just sitting in the game, 
and maybe you're on a loading screen or maybe you're on the main menu or maybe you're in a place in the game where there's not that much computation required or maybe just in general the game is not that computationally intensive. So because you have all those free computing resources that aren't being used, why not stick it into distributed computing? And so that's one of the ideas we have here. What else we got? Uh, other people are saying what typically other people have done before, which is run Boink on their on their works PCs or their work computers. <laughs> and this, I think this guy's saying, uh, yeah, because there's no employees at the business, they're, they're all all the, all the computers are just sitting there doing nothing. So maybe you could put um, Boink on them and run uh, all those computations. But um, as we've said before, if you're ever going to use computational resources that are not your computers make sure you get permission first just to be sure <laughs> like you might you might not you might have good intentions but it might be against some sort of policy so we're not here advocating for you to use other people's computers to run boink only use your own computers yeah and just uh, generally people are saying all here in the in the reddit posts we had on our slash boink um, just making blog posts if you can make blog posts if you can make tweets if you can make reddit posts somewhere else it'll it'll help it it helps it'll even if it gets like five people interested in reading even just interested in reading multiply that by the entire boink community and hey presto you got a huge influx of users who are now interested so um if you if you guys can if anyone's listening here tell people about boink show them to this podcast if you want this is a great place to learn what boink is and how it works just really simply uh, i do my project briefs all the time we can explain what projects do um and yeah we can get people to help um find a better drug for uh covid-19. Yeah and I'll, uh, I I will say sort of I left a post there as well. This sort of oh, problem is <laughs> is exactly what Boink Network is here. That's why we started this. We started after the uh workshop in Chicago uh and sort of started started uh this year, the beginning of this year in January. Uh we did a little beta work uh, last year, but we're here to help build the community. Uh, get some uh, sort of become get like a hub where people can go for information. You know, we've got these podcasts going, uh, the Boink Radio, where we're here just to talk about Boink and science and get the news out. So if Boink projects want to bring their news here, we'll then disseminate it throughout the community as best we can. Uh, Delta already mentioned his project briefs he's doing, which are you know eventually every project on the Boink network will have its own project brief detailed. Uh, I've done some tutorials now for uh, Boink, and I plan to do more on how to get it set up and tweak with the settings. Uh, there are a bunch of ideas in the background that are sort of going uh, that want to amplify some of the projects uh, like those that World Community Grid has done in the past with schools. We want to get Boink into uh, schools. Uh, so I don't know what they're called wherever you are from, listener, but like grade schools, sixth grade through 12th grade and before college. Uh, and and get, uh, get Boink in there where classes are running Boink projects. Maybe even they're building their own Boink projects, but we also want to get Boink into universities where universities are building their own Boink projects uh, because universities have professors who are doing research and they need computation cycles. They also have multiple departments, CompSci, uh, hardware stuff. I don't know all the field names right now, data science. They can all work together to build a Boink project uh, on a fairly high level and put it on the infrastructure. That would be really cool. So there's a lot of great people with a lot of really good ideas. And frankly, I think the capabilities to pull this stuff off uh, but we need more people in here to help. We need designers, we need marketers, we need coders, we need builders, we need organizers, we need community leaders, we need people to help on the forums. We need exactly what SETI at home had when they launched 
which was a huge community that was very interested in what was going on. So if you're out there thinking that you can't, you don't have anything to contribute, just coming in and saying hello contributes. It shows other people that you're here, you're alive, you're active. Uh, it's very important and it does help. And for the people who are then off doing the, the sort of intense building work, to see the community continuing to be alive is it gives them sort of energy and and blood right they, they're like vampires they suck your blood <laughs> so you i don't think i should help. put it that way <laughs> <laughs> that might have been extreme but yeah, yeah. Right, and, but, uh, um, i was go just ahead. gonna say um you mentioned um getting um um, kids and teenagers involved. Um, I, that's pretty much exactly how I got interested in all... I already had an interest in science, but playing around with Boink actually gave me an even greater interest. And so I think just like how the Apollo missions back in the day inspired so many kids to become researchers and scientists and astronomers and physicists, Boink can do the same. It can inspire kids to become computational scientists. They can become physical scientists. They can become biologists. They can become all sorts of things. And Boink is a really good ecosystem to have that initial curiosity to come in and say, I want to know what that does. Absolutely. And just to expand on that list, science, communication, education, uh, tech writing, there is Boink covers almost every field in science and engineering and humanities, almost every field, uh, design work, everything. These researchers focus on research. You need people who then communicate that to the public. You need people who build the resources that the communicators are going to use. You're going to need people to build the applications. It covers every field. It's an amazing FOSS project. And to uh, bring in what Meme Master is saying in the chat here, and to tie that into FOSS, he says that getting people in is great, but keeping them crunching is better. And I agree. And that's not a unknown. Like uh, there are, we know what we need to do to keep people crunching because this has been studied since FOSS started in the 70s. Why do people contribute to volunteer projects, particularly FOSS projects? What keeps them interested? It's the exact same concepts across Boeing. There have even been like six or seven studies on Boeing specifically on why people crunch and why they keep crunching. All you need to do is keep them engaged and make it so that they feel like they are actively contributing to something tangible. So it requires research and projects to keep engaged with their community. And that's very hard to do uh, as a researcher. Researchers research, they need people to help communicate their stuff to the community. And that's what we're here to do. That's what we're trying to build is a, a sort of a, a way, a funnel. All the projects can funnel through us and we will get the, the information out. And hopefully in the future, there will be more groups like us who want to get the information out. So there's not just one group and it doesn't become biased and all that political stuff. But <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> no, seriously, we need it. <laughs> yes, no, we, we need a, what, what we're building is a network, Boink Network. And we have all these projects from around the world working at universities and major institutions and also just run by really passionate people who have taken the time to set this stuff up and run it for years and years and years. We need edges to connect them. They're right now, they're independent nodes. We need to connect them. And that's what we're building. So. Uh, again, I'll just pitch it. Get in here, start here, learn what it's about, uh, get involved in any way you can, and then go out and do your own thing or stay around and help us build what we're building. It's a lot of fun. And uh, like uh, Delta said, very bright days ahead for distributed computing. And not only getting out here and getting in here and doing stuff, put it on your resume too. We keep saying it's a great thing to put on your resume. 
Absolutely. FOSS, there's a saying in the computer science world where FOSS is your resume. They tell this to undergrads who are learning how to code. And so what they mean is go contribute to a, an open source project. FOSS stands for free and open source software. So go contribute to a FOSS project. And then when you go out for a job, you get to say, I contributed this chunk of code to this FOSS project. Well, uh, FOSS is your resume for everything now. We live in a gig economy. We live in a continuing education future uh, where you're going to be learning constantly throughout your life. And that's really exciting. But that means your resumes are going to have to be a little different. But here you go. Here's a great project where you're going to learn all bunch of a whole bunch of fields. You're going to learn how to communicate and work as a team. And you get to put it on your resume and go get hired uh, unless you find a way to make money off of this FOSS project, which is entirely possible. Uh, not just contributing, you can put on your resume, but you can also put on your crunching as well. It's essentially volunteer work. So um, there are projects which which can actually generate what are called certificates. And it's just like a fancy little sort of thing you can take a screenshot of or you can print out and that says, oh, my user, um, my username did um, 4 billion cobblestones of work or something like that. I actually put that on one of my resumes one time. <laughs> Did it get you a job? Uh, well, uh, it was essentially for uh, something else, which was a scholarship, but they wanted a resume and all sorts of that stuff. So I said, yeah, why not just chuck it in there? <laughs> and I got it. Did Yay! It was successful. So <laughs> We're going to chalk it up to solely that certificate. That's the only thing that, that's why you got it. <laughs> yeah, and not the other 59 different items that I put on there. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> So this is an awesome thread. Writing this thread helped a lot even. This is a way to contribute. So shout out to Mick Andre. I'm going to guess that's, uh, how those letters sound together. Uh, <laughs> so shout out to him for putting this post up. It was just a sentence to two and it really got the community talking. Um, yeah. Moving on though. Moving on. Any? Does anyone else uh, here have thoughts on how to contribute or anything? Feel free to throw them in the chat and we'll bring them in. Otherwise, we're going to go on to World Community Grid News. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I've actually noticed a lot more people coming in and and like asking like what's Boink and everything like that. I've noticed a whole load of new people. I don't know if you have noticed it too, Jeringa. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. It's yeah. uh, it's exact. This is the exact same thing that happened to SETI when uh, SETI started up. There's a reason for people to come. People are interested, so they're coming in. And having infrastructure in place, community infrastructure, helps keep them here. So this is what we are building. We aren't entirely established yet, so it's just bad timing. But hey, we're here to help any new user who wants to come in and uh, uh, just get involved or learn more. So come on in. Uh, all right, World Community Grid News. Uh, this is a reminder that, yes, COVID is a big deal. Yes, there are these three projects working on uh, COVID work, Reside at Home being the biggest of them, doing the most uh, immediate science. Uh, but there are <laughs> 30 some odd projects on the Boink network running. And here is another big one with a bunch of news. Um, I'm just going to run through this. Stop me if you find something interesting you want to talk about. So World Community Grid is the project run by IBM. It's what we call an umbrella project. So there's lots of sub-projects within the World Community Grid project. You as a cruncher can choose which sub-project you want to work on, or you can choose to work on them all, and you'll get work units based on your choices. So one of the projects they run is called the Africa Rainfall Project. Uh, that project is fairly new uh, within the last couple of months. Uh, they recently got a bunch of more uh, storage space, which is going to let them distribute up to 8,000 work units a day. So that's really cool. More work from that project on the way. So another project is the Microbiome Immunity Project. This is a project that is 
research in your microbiome and the microbiome is essentially bacteria in your gut. This is one of those foundational projects that's really important. So if uh, there's a, a disease or a bacteria that ends up wreaking havoc on the human microbiome, having a nice foundational understanding of how the microbiome works uh, is going to help us solve that problem very quickly. Just like if we had a better foundational understanding about viruses, which we've discussed in a previous episode, we really don't. We, ha- we know very little about viruses in general. Uh, then we would be able to fight COVID a little better. But uh, yeah, that's, so the microbiome project uh, has a bunch of new work in the backlog. It has more coming. Uh, they're submitting a paper to some academic journals coming up. It's going to be their first paper, which is pretty cool. Uh, they've got some presentations and they're a big part of Boink projects is or distributed computing projects because distributed computing is so young is getting the software to work, getting the applications to work uh, in effective ways, in uh, efficient ways. So Rosetta at home, to go back to this very uh, relevant example, has been around since like 2004 for a long time. Well, what's it been doing since then? Like most distributed computing projects, they've been getting the software to work so that it's efficient. So you'll find that a lot of papers coming out of projects are like, oh, we found this new way to analyze this data in a way that gives us results we can use. Uh, World Community Grid actually releases a lot of those papers because they experiment a lot. So uh, the microbiome project uh, is not and, and not excluded from that. They are continuing to work on a new method of analysis, and it looks promising so far. Uh, so awesome. Uh, Smash Childhood Cancer is another project coming out of World Community Grid. Uh, this one is doing exactly what the title says, uh, and they are working on sarcoma, I believe. Well, first of all, it just restarted. We talked about this last week uh, with a new director and some new protein targets. This was the one that's working on uh, two specific proteins, one of them being the FOX01 protein, which I think we called it <laughs> adorable last week. Yeah. And it is. So there's there's lots of work for the Smash Childhood Cancer. It's really exciting to have this project back. They were on a hiatus for a little bit. Uh, and then there's the Help Stop Tuberculosis Project, also run by World Community Grid. They are almost done with one of their project updates, which is where what the researchers talk to the, the engage the, the contributors, which is, as we were saying, is very important. So World Community Grid is actually a very good project to uh, to serve as an example on how other projects can operate uh, to engage the community. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great engager. Uh, granted, they also have funds. They're from IBM, but... <laughs> Do learn from them. Uh, they have a new team member in the Help Stop Tuberculosis project that is being brought up to speed, and that should help move things along once they're all brought up to speed. Another project with World Community Grid, Fight AIDS at Home, is in phase two. Um, they have a paper that they hope to have a draft of later this month, uh, so that's pretty cool. And that is it coming out of them. And then they have the Mapping Cancer Markers project. Uh, and they are they just launched sarcoma units uh, for computers and Android. Uh, and they have oh, yeah, a lot of more Android tasks. Yeah. I need more Android tasks because I, I, I'm starting to get all my old phones up and running. Ooh, that's exciting. Uh, and they also have the ovarian cancer work units are back of the researchers. And they're going to analyze that data. And uh, they're using the same techniques they used for the lung cancer. Uh, work units a while back, which they are also still continuing to analyze. So the work units that you crunched on mapping cancer markers uh, weeks and months ago is still being analyzed, but it is being used and everyone thanks you for your work. Uh, And then for all these projects, uh, the researchers generally go to um, like conferences and whatnot, but hey, quarantine, so nope. Yeah, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, Which is really a shame, but 
we got to do what we got to do. So that is the Flash news update coming out of World Community Grid and all their little projects. Whew, that was a mouthful, so I'm going to have some water. Any thoughts on anything there? Drink some tea. <laughs> It'll help. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, talking about microbiome immunity, um, it doesn't just help with one thing. It helps with a whole variety of things. I think um, I remember talking about the fact that the microbiome immunity project actually can be used to help understand particular types of diabetes better because I actually did some research after you mentioned it one boink radio and uh, I found out that actually diabetes has a lot to do with the microbiome inside your gut so um seems that um yeah it, it's a, it's a really interesting project and if you have any phones that want to uh start uh crunching like if you want to crunch a boink on your phone you can totally do that uh I think it only supports Android phones, though. So if you have an iPhone, unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah, there's Well Community Grid, I think, is the main one that has all the Android tasks. And there are um, other projects that have Android tasks. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's either YoYo or Yefu at home who have Android tasks. Someone could probably confirm me on that. Awesome. Yeah, the, the microbiome is a fascinating field of study right now. Uh, the, the bacteria is connected to everything. We, you know, we have this... We have an entire universe within our bodies of living organisms. Uh, and yeah, it's important to, to learn about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Julie in the chat says, quote, gut instinct is the, the reason we have that is because the microbiome is actually intelligent and it's telling us to do things. I would love to believe that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that is all the news. So we're going to uh, jump into the SETI at home tribute, the teary-eyed send-off. But first... Delta, we gotta do that. Did you bring thing. your flowers as a tribute? Did you bring your wreath? <laughs> I don't kill flowers, I grow them. All right, but I do have a steady <laughs> at home orchid. I'm gonna grow. <laughs> but before we get into that, uh, I we, we gotta make it known, dude. We can't keep it inside anymore. We gotta tell the world. This podcast is brought to you by the. We should make a song about this. <laughs> we should make this a musical number. <laughs> got it. What, what should it be called? We got this feeling deep inside. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> it starts with L and ends with Y. Oh my God! Great. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I can go any more than that. This this peach chamomile tea is 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 really making me tired. I think uh, someone mentioned in the chat before the chamomile is supposed to make you sleep instead of wake you up. So I think that's the that's the culprit. <laughs> you really screwed it up this morning, didn't you? <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> More on that song next week. But the theme of that song is that this podcast is brought to you by a community called library.science, lbry.science. Library.science focuses on the curation of science news, the creation and curation of science content, the spread of science literacy, communication, education, and the advancement of the decentralized system of science, that Web 2.0 aspect of the scientific system. Uh, huge shout out to them and the library community. You can catch library at lbry.science lbry.tv or lbry.com or lbry.org learn a little more about their decentralized content hosting platform and protocol uh, it is a protocol so it's more than just content hosting it is interesting part of again that web 3.0 nonsense that is being developed by some brilliant minds in the tech space please don't make me sing it next week lb i got this feeling on my wife starts with l and god i'm a best singer than you <laughs> i love it I love it. I thought I was bad. <laughs> Whoa. Well, okay, no, no. Get the feelings hurt right now because now it's time to cry together. Delta, tell us why we're crying. Well, Seti's gone away, but 
Not forever. <laughs> not forever. It's going to okay. come back. Okay. Okay. And it's not going to come back its spirit. It's going to come back real. So we keep saying that SETI at home, uh, it's going into hibernation. And yes, we're saying hibernation. It's not dead yet. It's going into hibernation simply because they got data to analyze. They've got so much data they want to analyze, and they're just going to do an extra analysis on it. And um, they have their own computers and proprietary software, I think, to all do that on their end, so they don't necessarily need the computers to do it. That that doesn't say that SETI's going to go away forever. They still have so much data that they're collecting. They're always collecting data. So they're going to have to come back at some point to use all that computation to help find more signals. But um, as we've said before, um, SETI is just going away to process and analyze its current data and check its results. Because uh, SETI is not just used for aliens, it's also used for other astronomical projects. So they're probably going to go and search in their data set and match that data with all sorts of other projects. I think I mentioned in my project brief this morning, um, or afternoon for you guys, um, that uh, SETI at home sometimes helps match data for Einstein at home to help validate whether a supernova happened or whether black hole collided or anything like that. And so they're probably not going to be solely searching for aliens. They're going to be searching for radio pulses as well. And uh, I did make a Reddit post um, regarding SETI at home last week. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like not a lot of people have uh, have posted on it, probably because of the coronavirus. They're not necessarily as interested in SETI anymore, but we did get a couple of responses uh, for what's your story about SETI at home? How did you get involved with Boink? How did you get, how did you get started with Boink? Um, and so uh, I think we did have, let's see, we got... Um, we got one that's right here. Um, they're saying it was from Node Node Razor or Not a Razor. Uh, it was almost 20 years ago. I did not really remember, but uh, I did drift away from them pretty rapidly. I moved to the other original uh, United Devices, World Community Grid, and Folding before moving on to Boink Projects once it was released. So um, it looks like uh, this guy, Node, Node Razor, got uh, on the SETI bandwagon as soon as it took off. But um, even though uh, he drifted away a little bit from it, he still continued um, running World Community Grid and Folding and other, and other projects. Uh, and yeah, moving on to other Boink projects. So it goes to show that SETI was that one project that just brought everyone and absolutely anyone and everyone into Boink and it kept them there. And so um, unfortunately, as I said, we didn't get that many stories. Someone said that they might email me, but they haven't, <laughs> um, which is a little bit unfortunate seeing that not many people are very passionate about their history of SETI. Um, I think if we had Jim back in here, uh, he would have had... Um, he would have had uh, some good uh, thoughts on that because I think, not to say that he's old, but <laughs> he he has been here. He's a very big veteran in the community. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe everyone's just too sad to share their story. Julie here in the chat yeah. says she started with SETI at home in the late 90s. So that's you're there from the Early beginning. Early adopter. Lovely. Yep. Um, uh, I think maybe we can share our stories. Um, I can say that I unfortunately didn't start with SETI. Uh, I started with Einstein at Ooh. home, and that's why it's my favorite project. Hey, all right, <laughs> I still have passion for SETI at home. Okay, uh, I have, uh, and after going on to Einstein, uh, I thought, well, yeah, at, at that time I was, I don't know, like 12 or 13 years old. I said, huh, I have a lot of computing power here. I only use it for games. I wonder if I can use it for something else. And so, essentially, I just found Boink, and I said, oh, wow, okay, let's let's crunch this stuff. And Einstein at Home was my first pick, because I said, whoa, look at that gravitational wave. Look at LIGO. That looks cool. So I started crunching Einstein at Home, 
Uh, and uh, that got me started um, just on my main computer. I'd pull up the screensaver, I showed my parents, and they were pretty interested in it too. Um, and because of the screensaver, I eventually got my dad on board with his laptops and his work computers. Um, and yeah, now I've been a cruncher for years now. Uh, I've watched projects come and die. Um, I've watched projects come and flourish as well. <laughs> uh, I'm very interested in the new projects, interested in making my own projects too. Uh, I think I was talking with, uh, I think, uh, Thomas, I think I was uh, saying, if I made an application, can I put it on his Boink, um, on his Boink server? And uh, he said, yeah, sure. Because, um, yes, yeah, Thomas, you're, you're on a Boink server, Have you don't you? Yet? Unfortunately not. <laughs> I think I might be making it for uh, university because I do. I run university projects every every semester. I have to make a project, so maybe next year I might be doing something related to it, and maybe I can get back to you on that. But hey, this is this is what Boink does to us. We come in with something interesting, might be SETI, might not be SETI, and we stick here. We start contributing to the community. So, uh, what's your story, Jeringa? Hold on, I gotta blow my nose, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Come on. It, I, I did start with SETI. I did not know what SETI... Just to clarify, because don't want any emails. Emails. When we're saying SETI at this point, we're basically talking about... We are talking about SETI at home. SETI, the actual institution SETI, is not going anywhere. SETI at home is asleep. Um, so yeah, I started SETI at home in the late 90s when I was a youngin'. Um, a youngin'? <laughs> a youngin'. It was that thing that they wanted it to be. You know, They built this project to... Uh, to inspire a generation of, of young people to get into the sciences, to uh, know that they could contribute uh, and, and they didn't even need to be part of the academic bubble. Uh, they could contribute with their computing processes, uh, processors, they could contribute by uh, talking on the forums, they could build a community around science and uh, move forward together, advance humanity and technology and, and just living, make people live better together as a community so i was i was one of those those geeks back in the late 90s because it got on the news because it was such a cool and engaging idea let's all combine our computation power and look for aliens the chances of finding them are so low but we can all get behind this let's do it and people did it um and then i stopped but but I as had we all did don't worry we all stopped at one point we all stopped at some point and then we I came back to it and then we went out <laughs> exactly i'd caught the bug and i came back uh years later probably in, i think it was like freshman year in college i was like i wonder if this seti at home thing is still around it was and it wasn't just seti at home it was boink and with uh boink so this is around 2008 when something else happened that really kicked off distributed computing again i was not a freshman it's a little later than that um but uh yeah something else had happened in the world that really brought distributed computing to the limelight once again and i was like huh seti at home they still a thing they're still a thing and there's this boink thing that's pretty cool so uh jumped jumped back in played around for a little bit and then stopped again but still the bug was there it was in my blood uh and, and here I am now, all because of SETI at home. They're really cool screensaver. They're really cool idea. The brainchild of David Getty. <laughs> no? Oh, come on. What a callback to the first episode of our tribute. Come on. <laughs> David Getty? <laughs> David Getty is the guy who started it. It was his brainchild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. It just sounded like Getty. I'm like, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I really have not crunched SETI at home in a very long while. 
but it's always had a place in my heart as the project that got me and so many other people into distributed computing, into science, has lit a fire that couldn't be put out. Uh, so I've, yeah, I, I just, it is sad to see it go. But again, it's not going. It does feel like it's going though, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I could say it's it not had really all the going GPU anywhere. work for me. It was a really <laughs> good project for GPU work, and I, that's, it's gone. It's, it's about to hibernate, so I lose all my extra GPU work. There will be more projects to take up the mantle. And, you know, you see all these other computing projects. It's not just the people that they got involved, the community they built around science and distributed computing, which broke out of the distributed computing bubble because SETI at home wasn't the first. There was uh, distributed.net. There was, I've, I've mentioned Electric Sheet before. Uh, there was the GIMPS project. But they were all really, really you had to be a distributed computing geek to be in that stuff. SETI at home was the project that broke it out of that. It's like, all of a sudden, it's cool to be in distributed computing. Like, these people who were in it, in it for decades were now the cool people who were telling everyone else about distributed computing and how cool it is and, and what it can do. And you got people from all walks of life contributing to SETI at home. And from that, you get all these different projects. There are now 30-some-odd ro- projects running on the Boink infrastructure. And and you got NSF funding to make that possible. So it the things that SETI at home, like there could not be enough appreciation for what these people did. And particularly the community that was built around it, uh, that, that kept it going. Because like I said, the people who run this stuff, they feed off your energy community. Like that's... that's and they're not we, vampires. <laughs> in a completely non-vampiric way. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Boink and Volunteer Citizen Science Distributed Computing is one of the closest ways that you can actually get to the science without actually being a scientist. And that's the great thing about it. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to uh, give some shout outs here to some folks on the forums. Uh, Eric Corpola, Jeff Cobb, uh, Steve Croft, Matt LaBeouf, I'm sorry, Labofsky. Uh, these are people who helped uh, doing SETI news uh, and things like that. So w- without these folks, really, you couldn't have a community run. So uh, awesome, awesome contributions all around. Thanks uh, to all the people who funded SETI as well. Oh, yeah, all the people who donated over the years because they did the funding drive. You're the people who kept the project going for so long. And uh, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Broad, were you saying something? Yeah, it would be very cool if uh, one of those uh, forum users, uh, pop, uh, those very active forum users, were to join our uh, podcast. Yeah, if, if anyone has any news they'd like to share on here, if anyone would like to come on and we can do an interview, that's that's totally something we can do. Yeah, and we're, we've, we've been looking for that for a while. So if you're listening to here and you're a Boink admin or a, or a forum admin or anything like that and you have something to share, come on. I think I will make a post in my forum and invite. Do it. Do it up. Think of it as a virtual Boink workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the I hope the one this year isn't going to be virtual. I wonder if SETI at home is going to be there. I hope they're going to be there and they're going to give an update because the Boink Workshop, great time for a plug, is September 7th to September 10th in Marburg, Germany, hosted by the Reckoncraft team. Awesome to have it hosted by a team. Uh, so check that out. But with the, the virus like postponing all conferences, I hope it still exists. And I hope SETI at home is there to give an update because they were there last year and I think they've been to every workshop so far just with the update of work. And as usual, I hope it's in Australia next year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And hopefully SETI gives out alien stickers. 
Oh man, I used to be obsessed That'd with be aliens. So good. Wow, talk about nostalgia! <laughs> Holy crap, I had like a whole cabinet of alien stickers just collected <laughs> over the years. Because of SETI, man, SETI, I loved aliens, and SETI was there. Yeah, was yeah, I think oh. the, the only stickers that I had as a kid was those like bullet hole stickers, and I just put them all over my door when I was a kid, so it looked like someone was shooting at my door. <laughs> wow, it would be great. Uh, that, like, uh, like the Boeing workshop in Australia. Because we I mean I would have a uh, uh, a uh, excuse to visit Australia. Yay! I know I'm yeah. down with that. You can come to the beach. We can go to the mountains. We can go to Sydney. We can go to Dubbo. All sorts of Delta places. Delta and I are going to exchange hot pockets. I'm going to get a meat. <laughs> would you call it a meat pie? Yeah, we <laughs> we, we call them pocket. meat pies here. <laughs> it's going to be great. Meat pies and sausage rolls, sausage sangers. Um, all sorts of stuff. You get a Bundy. Hopefully, it wouldn't be in the it would be in the summer, so it's not that hot. Oh yeah, you guys will melt in the summer. <laughs> oh jeez, I don't know if I want to go anymore. <laughs> like I'm sitting here, it's like 18 degrees. I've got a full jacket on. I've got long pants, thick socks, everything. It's freezing at 18 degrees Celsius. 18 Celsius. degrees Celsius. I, and I literally was sad that I didn't put on my shorts because it was too hot in long pants. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we're going to wrap up here uh thanks everyone for joining us in the chat on this beautiful friday afternoon slash morning for our other host uh at 4 p.m esd on the boink network discord i hope to see you all next week uh when we are going to be moving past the steady at home tribute uh and who knows what we'll be talking about and hopefully i'll be a bit more awake and this time i'll choose not to drink chamomile <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, everyone have a great weekend. Happy crunching. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.